Hello and welcome to Pep Talk by Perpetual, a talent advisory firm based out of New York City and Paris. This podcast is all about raw conversation with real people. My name is Irene Topakov, principal at Perpetual, and I am delighted to welcome today Sophie Lacoste, the owner of Fusalp. Sophie, welcome. Hello, Irene. We're going to start with our uh, podcast. We were discussing about um, yeah, the influence of a very famous artist during your, I don't know if it's your childhood, but maybe as you were a teenager. teenager yes. Yeah. So can you, if you were an artist, Sophie, who would you be? Yeah, no, for sure. The, I think the artist that most impressed me when I was a teenager is absolutely Serge Gainsbourg. Because I think he showed me another way of seeing life. He showed me another way of seeing words. Uh, poetry and really how to say lots with a very very few words how to be uh, efficient um, in a, in in another way um, it's uh, it, it really I think gave me lots of structure to my mind and to my personality uh, to to sing these songs to have these words in my in my heart also about never being intellectually vulgar I think that really uh, uh, showed me showed me the way. Uh, it was it was uh, really funny because Serge Gainsbourg is really someone that was not like my family. So I, I can say that I've been kind of raised between Serge Gainsbourg and René Lacoste. You know these two <laughs> figures that are very very different, but uh, somehow that gave me another structure and and allowed me to have a, a kind of wide point point of view on life. Absolutely. And for our international audience, maybe you can tell a little bit about the background of this very incredible artist, singer, pianist, composer, writer, um, who's, who's French and who's yeah. been a major influence uh, uh, of most of us, including myself. His very, very famous song is Je t'aime moi non plus hein, with uh, Jane Birkin, but surely it's not his only one. Uh, but I think he got a great, great influence also on British singers. Uh, especially with his uh, with his album uh, uh, Melody Nelson, who is really a story album. I think that's one that was one of the first ones, absolutely the first French singer, but one of the first ones globally to make this kind of whole story out of an album. Um, in the same time than the Pink Floyd or kind of artist, and I think he's really in the same move. And he really never. Uh, uh, was happy what, with what he was doing. He always tried to seek something else and to go further. And he had a very, very funny phrase that he said that uh, he was doing a minor art and always being conscious of that. And that uh, the major arts were uh, classical music, big painting. He was quite frustrated because he wanted to be a painter. So he thought it was uh, something lower that he was doing. But I feel it was something very strong. And I always, I have a picture of him in my bathroom. And oh, so, wow. <laughs> uh, hello every morning is something important to me. Yeah, he's a great poet. And also he's very provocative. So I yeah. find that what you say about having two major influence, like your grandfather who 
who we all picture as a very elegant uh, person. By the way, uh, Serge Gainsbourg was also very elegant, wearing his repetos, etc. But uh, like very provocative, and 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 René Lacoste who seemed to be more, you know, like um, um, classical. But he was provocative in another way because he was an inventor. So he was always, you know, he created the first metal uh, tennis racket, the first machine to throw balls. Uh, he he was an aeronautic engineer. He worked on the nose of the Concorde. Uh, so he was always, um, I think he was always um, thinking, uh, I mean, always, um, ah, he remettait les choses en question. Yeah, 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 yeah. Putting things in perspective, of course. Exactly. Ah, yeah, All the yeah. time. And never take, he, he never took things for granted. So that was another way of being provocative as well. Absolutely, like all, all big innovators in a way are, exactly. provo are provocative, uh, like yourself, by the way. Uh, so um, before you introduce yourself um, in more details, mm -hmm. um, if you were an object, what would you be? Would you be a racket? Uh, would you be a tennis racket? Would no, I would be a book. Ah. You know, I read uh, something about Steve Jobs. Um, he, someone asked him, what, what, do you th what, f what is cleverness for you? I don't know if you've read that thing. And uh, he said two things. First of all, to be clever, you need to travel, to see many things, to, 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 to experience many things, different, different things. So, yeah, you've got many influences in yourself. And secondly, you need to read. And uh, when you see youngsters now who have so many difficulties to, to read, uh, my interviews are 20 years old and it's just something very, very difficult for me to make them read. And I don't think you can think without reading. The only way to think, to have your own way of thinking, is to read. And we, we all watch, we, we, you, got, you, you have so many information coming at the, sa coming at the same time, uh, you, you, you cannot go deep in, uh, in the information that you receive. Uh, so the only way to think and to take that step back is to read. So I think for me, the most important object, I always have a book with me everywhere and I always have many books around me. And that's very, very important for me. I'll share your point of view. So um, great book, uh, great, uh, absolutely great object. Uh, one of the best objects you can have around you. I'll I share, I share your point of view on, on this one. Um, so, Sophie, can you introduce yourself uh, to our audience? So I'm Sophie Lacoste. Um, I'm 43 years old, 44 years old, uh, and um, I'm I'm take care now of a beautiful brand which name is Fusalp, and it's a very very nice journey that we are uh, walking around uh, along uh, with my brother, uh, my sister-in-law, who, who is the the artistic director of the brand, and also Alexandre Fauve, who is our CEO and uh, someone who I work with for many many years. And um, it's, a, it's a great subject to take care of every day. Yeah, Fusap is a beautiful, beautiful brand. And, and uh, what I like also is that you, you are going on with this family business thing. So you, uh, when, when you were at Lacoste, of course, that was a family thing. Then Lacoste had be, has been sold. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you went on building a great brand with your, with, with some, with your brother, with mm -hmm. your, I think, sister-in-law. Exactly. Uh, and it's still, it's still part uh, of, of the, it's a great DNA 
of this brand is to be also a family business, mm-hmm. not only because you have also other people that don't belong to your biological family, but maybe the family of your heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and when we were preparing and ask you uh, what, how you would d- describe your career, and you had a very interesting answer on this one. Yeah, that I don't think I have a career. <laughs> I never planned any. Uh, I've never planned anything. I just do things when I how I feel. I really try to be close to my to, to my heart, and uh, even when um, when I'm scared of doing something, I know that it's the thing I need to do. I need to do. <laughs> so you, know, you, to go you where where things scare me. Um, I mean, a, a relatively uh, secure scare. <laughs> but, <laughs> but when I when I feel when I feel anxious, I think it's where I need to go. And for the moment, I think it was quite okay uh, with me because I feel very uh, ali- um, aligned with uh, with what I do, and uh, so I can really be passionate on it. It's really yeah. always a question of. Passion. I, I was very lucky to be born in a beautiful brand, uh, a family company, which was rather small when I was born, uh, and I saw whole. Oh, I, I saw it all, all the, the the growth, the development of the brand. Um, to go to the to a beautiful fashion show in New York, so it was something very very strong to to follow, and now I'm very lucky because we are back in a smaller company, but very very free, very uh, agile, and uh, and we can run and construct a very uh, solid brand. I think. Even if you don't consider you, you had a career plan, uh, are there specific moments uh, within your life, let's say, um, where um, th- that that were turning points? Moments where you you decide you you said sometimes with uh, being scared or sometimes uh, doing ver- very new things with a new. Uh, passion, but were there specific moments of your life where you decided to do things differently? Yeah, I think um, it's mostly the, the, the turning point was when we sold Lacoste and when we decided to to build another brand, to, to, to buy another brand. Uh, so that was a big turning point because that was about being autonomous. Um, and not being in this big family, we are 17, so it's it's a whole story. And now just being two or three uh, on our own and and building it. Uh, although I have some cousins also who have invested in in Fusalp to 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 keep that spirit. But we have a big family thing with our foundation, which is a, a family. We are eight on that project, so that's a way of working on family. But we thought that business-wise, it was better to be a bit more autonomous. I think it. My uncle always said, "Don't make any revolution; only make evolution." Oh, and, I like this. I like this one. Very interesting. So I think it's really something that is very uh, inside my heart, and I do it quite naturally. I always uh, try to shape the future. I tend to have a vision of what I want to do, always to project myself in the future, N- not too long, but in a close future. I want to choose what I do. Uh, that's great, and for an entrepreneur, that's uh, that's both, I think, um, the the reason for your success, and also, um, yeah, luxury to be free, even if you. Uh, it's very interesting, and so actually, I would be interested to know, as a French 
uh, person. I've Fuzalp is part of our, you know, of our culture. But mm -hmm. maybe for our international audience, even if you sell a lot um, uh, worldwide, um, can you re-explain uh, what this mythical brand is? Yeah, Fuzalp is a beautiful brand which was born in 1952 in Annecy, uh, in the French Alps. So Fuzalp, it's for Fuso des Alpes which means a star of pants uh, in the Alps. And it was a partner of the French ski team uh, from the beginning of the 60s. And really, you could see uh, Fusalp invented the first ski, the, the one piece, you know, uh, the first uh, combinaison. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you could see the whole French ski team arriving in the in the in the championships, all dressed the same way, a bit like a Star Trek team, you know, coming <laughs> from the space. And they won all the medals. They were very very successful. It was the time of the Kili and Ifamos, the Guacho sisters, and uh, and so that was very impressive and very very strong for the building of the brand. And also, uh, Fusap always walked uh, on two legs ski and sports on one leg and also fashion uh, when you could see the 70s um, advertisement it was written fusalp la mode au ski fashion in ski wow. so it's always been like a, a little of the courage uh, skiing brand <laughs> uh, so uh, it has a great great dna and so it was sold in japan for the for the olympic games in america kind of a, a big, big, great uh, global success. And then in the beginning of the 80s, with all the big textile crisis, uh, the brand went down. And uh, we bought it back um, in 2014, really believing that it could be a very contemporary brand, uh, that the, the values and the aesthetic of the brand was very contemporary. It goes with a way of life. We always say Fuzalp is for the art of movement. So whatever movement it is, is it it's if it's in on the slopes, if it's traveling, if it's taking a bike in our cities, uh, so you can be protected, uh, being warm, but also uh, being elegant and uh, with a kind of modern transgenerational. We like our pieces to last a long time. That's really we want to have a kind of. Uh, uh, personality that when you buy a Fusal jacket, it's something that you will feel good in, um, that you know that you can wear every day and take care for a long time. It's a it's a funny story that we had the other day because we, we went to, to Norway and uh, we have a, a young champions team that we support. Through we, your foundation? Through Fusalp. Through Fusalp, okay. Our foundation as well, but, uh, <laughs> but through Fusalp, it's not for the same ones, but some are, are doing both programs, but most of them are separated. But we have some ice skaters, some skiers, some in many, many kind of uh, disciplines. And we have that young Norwegian champ, uh, whose name is Kaspar uh, Kinder, who is mm -hmm. one of the best Norwegian uh, of his generation. And we had a meeting with him and could not fix the meeting long enough. So he had to come directly from school. And so he was very ashamed because he did not wear the jacket that we just gave him. <laughs> he said, but I, I have my favorite jacket on me. And we said, OK, well, what is it? And it was a fuzz-up jacket. Wow. It was a 30 years old fuzz-up jacket because it was his grandfather's. 
Wow. He said, I love it. I wear it every day. And we found it fantastic. We thought if the jacket that we sell now can be worn by the grandchildren of the people who are buying it, I think this is going to be a success. Absolutely. It's another yeah, family story, like uh, the opposite of the fast fashion and really like something that will last over time that, that your children and grandchildren will be able to wear. And by the way, I think with Fusal, you're really um, working very hard uh, to make your products as sustainable as possible. Um, can you explain a little bit more what it means for, for the brand? And for you? Well, it's a big journey because things are not going to be changed in one day. Uh, we all know that textile is, a, is the second uh, most impactful industry in the world uh, in, in the bad way. We, we really need to work on, on many, many sides of it. Uh, first of all, on the materials. So it's, uh, I think, a, a big effort that all the industry has to make. It's very difficult now because it's difficult to to know that there's not so much tra transparency on where the materials come from, how, how they are made, uh, you know, being uh, uh, recycled and uh, all that. It's, it's a big question that we are facing. Um, also on the shippings is a great subject. So we, we work on it very hard. We try to find alternatives. We need to have this functionality, this durability. That's the first thing that we need. Because if we do something very recyclable, but with bad quality and yeah. which was last six months, it's not worth it. It's something, you know, it's like electrical cars. I think everybody jumped into it, electrical cars. And now people say, but maybe it's more about hydrogen or whatever. We don't really know what we're going to do with the electrical uh, batteries and all that. Yeah. So if we change something, we really need to, to, to think deeply about it. It's not only about communication. No, no, no. It's about production. It's about. You were speaking about made in Europe concept. It's very interesting. I know some parts of the, the jackets and of the clothing cannot be completely made in Europe today, but I know it's a direction you, you are aiming for to? Sure. For sure, for many reasons. Also because it's much easier for us to travel to Portugal than to China, for sure. Uh, but most of our technical materials come from Korea, Japan. So it's uh, all the technology are there. Most of the very, very high end technically products are made in China. So we really need to find alternatives that are sustainable and that we can be reliable. Now we've got half of our production made in Europe, but still half of it made in Asia. We're working on it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's very interesting. And and when we had this conversation, I found it very interesting because it's all a question as always of nuance. You know, you cannot, if you still want to have, uh, so your products are extremely beautiful and extremely technical as well. So if you want to have a, a great quality, of course, you cannot just for communication uh, change your production uh, process completely, but at least to aim for something that's ma uh, mostly made in in Europe, plus continue building uh, those beautiful suits and jackets and pants to make them uh, sustainable and so that everybody can have the jacket of, of their mother, their father, and their grand grandfather. Father would be something 
really, really incredible. Um, so if you want to say a last word of something that's very important to you now as a business person, as an entrepreneur, and as a woman, if you had something specific to tell our audience or someone, something that you would like, a message you would like to convey, what would it be? We are a bit in turning point with Fusalp uh, because we developed a lot. We have 45 boutiques now. We are opening three in China this month. Uh, uh, we, we're doing it globally. So it's a, it's a really change. It's a great change in uh, our enterprise and uh, our company structure. And uh, we were a wholesale company, now we're fully retail company. So it's all about how we're going to structure our corporate culture and what kind of management we want for our company, how responsible we want our managers and our employees to be. For me, it's more, uh, of course, I love clothing. I love the project. I love the brand. And I'm very happy to do that kind of clothing because it's high quality. We can do beautiful products with a real plus in the life of the people who buy it. So it's absolutely fascinating for me. But I think the greatest project for me is to be an entrepreneur and to have to run that company and to have to gather these people around the same project and to make them feel belonging to someone, to something they, they're proud of. So we're working a lot on uh, on philanthropy, of course. We have a project on that, which is called Fusalp Sangage, and which is a very collaborative uh, uh, philanthropy program, but also on how we make people responsible, how we kind of flatten the structure of the company so that groups can be more autonomous and we can have much more reactivity, agility, but in the same time, having all the same vision. Very interesting. So in a way, what you what you are saying, uh, be, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, is that we all have as entrepreneurs, our employees, uh, as employer, as citizens, our role. Uh, and we each person at, at his or her level can change things around him or her thanks to a vision, a vision for the world that we want to live in. And as I would like to quote your uncle again, because I like this quote, not to make a revolution, but to, to make evolution in mm -hmm. all aspects of our professional and also sometimes <laughs> personal life, uh, but just to be always in movement. So like, uh, yeah, to be always in movement and to evolve in a direction that's sustainable for everybody and for the planet. Thank you so much for this great interview. I hope I can wear those beautiful clothing uh, this winter on the slopes. Um, you can also wear them in the city. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. In the city, uh, on the slopes. Uh, was so inspiring um, listening to your story. I think it could have lasted uh, a few more hours. Thank you so much and see you soon. See you. <laughs>